0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's federal newscast, as Congress looks to finalize a coronavirus emergency bill, we take a look at just what's in there. Turns out the military housing situation is as bad as it seems. Though the EPA is halting enforcement activities, it still wants businesses to comply. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The $2 trillion stimulus package passed by the Senate includes some relief for federal retirees. It allows retirees to withdraw up to $100,000 from their retirement accounts without incurring the usual tax penalty. Retirees will have to pay that money back within three years, though. The waiver also applies to people who are diagnosed with the coronavirus or are out of work. The stimulus also temporarily waives required minimum distribution rules for Thrift Savings Plan participants. So who's going to oversee that $2 trillion pot of money? Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more on that. The bill would have the president nominate and the Senate confirm a special inspector general for pandemic recovery. That IG would oversee a $500 billion stabilization fund to support airlines and other industries. The bill would also stand up a pandemic response accountability committee to audit and investigate claims of fraud, waste, and abuse of coronavirus spending. The Senate would also give the Government Accountability Office another $20 million to oversee the spending. I'm Jory Heckman. The bill also sets aside $10.5 billion for the Defense Department. More than $4 billion of that money would go to providing health care to service members and their families, buying medical equipment, and expanding the capacity of hospitals. $1.5 billion will go to the National Guard for emergency deployments, and more than $400 million will go toward developing a vaccine and antiviral medications for COVID-19. That money also keeps DOD labs open 24-7 and pays for diagnostic testing. The military is seeing a spike in coronavirus cases. Federal News Network Scott Mascioni reports. Military cases of coronavirus are now higher than the civilian rate. The Defense Department saw cases in the services more than double since Monday. At last count, the Pentagon had 600 defense-related cases. 280 of those are service members. 134 are civilians. 98 are military dependents. And 62 are contractors. Only 27 of the total cases have led to hospitalization. And one contractor died earlier this week after being infected affected. I'm Scott Masioni. The Defense Department's premier medical school is awarding degrees to hundreds of students a month and a half ahead of their normal graduation date. 150 new doctors and 33 advanced practice nurses will graduate from the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences will graduate from the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences on April 1st. USU leaders say they made the decision because the students are ready and they're needed to help DOD fight the coronavirus pandemic. Another 26 nurse anesthesia students will graduate on May 1st. Government Accountability Office is out with its own evaluation of the military's privatized housing program. As Federal News Network's Jared Server reports, the results are not pretty. By and large, the report identifies oversight gaps the DoD leaders have already acknowledged. Specifically, GAO found that the data the military collects from housing companies doesn't deliver meaningful information on actual housing conditions. Defense personnel do conduct some in-person inspections, but only on a tiny sample of homes. Auditors also found widespread anomalies in the data that housing companies report to the military service. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Agencies aren't entirely off of their paper diet. The government publishing office sent out more than 3 million federal publications during the agency's first week of being on emergency status due to the pandemic. GPO provided citizens with publications from the Census Bureau, the Transportation Security Administration, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and many other agencies. About half of all the publications distributed were from the 2020 census. GPO also continues to publish the congressional record, congressional calendars, and other legislative documents when Congress is in session. The Environmental Protection Agency pulls back on enforcement activities because of the pandemic. Federal News Network's Tom Temin has more. Calling the policy temporary, Administrator Andrew Wheeler says the agency expects regulated businesses to maintain their compliance with environmental regulations or to return to compliance after the emergency. The policy requires entities to document and report noncompliance that might occur, but EPA says it won't seek penalties for violations or lapses in routine monitoring, sampling, testing, or lab analysis of water and air. Now, that relaxed policy does not apply to Superfund site cleanup. I'm Tom Temin. Ramping up IT modernization efforts at one agency paid off during the pandemic emergency. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller. The National Science Foundation rolled out two technology tools more quickly than planned to ensure employees could telework more efficiently. Dorothy Aronson, the NSF CIO, says the week before agency leaders decided all employees should work remotely, her staff implemented the Zoom video teleconferencing application and Microsoft Teams collaboration tool across the entire department. She says her staff completed the project well ahead of schedule. Those tools, along with a few other tweaks to the network and VPN, are letting employees take full advantage of all of NSF's technology options. I'm Jason Miller as the IRS looks to make more of its services available online as part of its six year business modernization plan. It needs to make sure they're safe from hackers. The Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration says of the 63 applications taxpayers can access online, only 13% of them have gone through all five steps of the digital identity risk assessment from the National Institute of Standards and Technology. TIGDA recommends the IRS chief information officer take steps to speed up assessments of the remaining applications. And should union officials be allowed to use official time to lobby Congress? The Federal Labor Relations Authority is looking for comments on that very topic. The solicitation came at the request of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, which says Congress never authorized the use of appropriated funds for lobbying activities, and therefore the 40-year-old Management Relations Statute does not allow unions to use official time for interacting with Congress. FLRA will solicit public comments through April 24th. The National Right to Work Foundation lobbies against some union activities. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. And stay up to date with your agency's response to the coronavirus at our coronavirus resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Eric White.